Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is 631 Pacific time, probably 731 where you listen. Although Broncos country, we know you are a, a state of mind, not a specific place. So wherever you are, welcome in. It is December 13th and Monday and a victory Monday. Thank goodness. Uh, after beating the Detroit Lions, Scott, how are you doing? Victory, victory Monday for you as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chelsea came back after blowing a couple leads and won three to two. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, it, it it is. It's it's a little somber, you know, for a for a, a, vic- a typical victory Monday for reasons that are pretty obvious that we can get into a little more. This is the first time we've been on since the news that uh, Demarius Thomas broke, um, and I know we've talked a lot about it on this channel. But you know, you and I haven't talked a lot about it. But we won't we won't spend too much time on it unless that's where the chat takes us. But it, it's a uh, it was a good comprehensive win, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, that was what needed to happen. You know, we talked about it's like if they lose this game, just pack it in. You'll have closure yeah. because that will be the end of the season and the end of his coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Luckily for Denver, this game was not that close in the field. The second quarter, things were a little bit uh, interesting there for a second. But, you know, that's why it's a four quarter game and why you shouldn't, you know, lose your mind after one three and out when you have nine, eight other possessions for the rest of the game to score some points, especially against the uh, Detroit Lions. But let's say hello to some people come. Oh. Well, first, let's say hello to DWI guys coming in here. One hundred eighty-eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. That, that's the American money there coming in from the DWI guys. Ethan says thanks for all the memories. DT yesterday was for you. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, Ethan. Uh, the rest of the show is for DT and for you with that kind of uh, support. So thank you so much. And I see the Broncos players. They're not just talking about uh, that game being for DT. They're saying for the rest of the season for DT. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious how much he meant, you know, to yeah. this team. And it's not like, you know, we, we see this happen every once in a while, you know, with legends, you know, that go by and oh, I watched him when I was a kid, but you know, about a fifth of this team played with this guy and you know, he was around and his legacy was still pretty new and and uh, you know, this it it, it hurt. It, it did. It, it hurt. And uh and Ethan uh, appreciate that the the all eights. Um I don't ever like to use the word I when we talk, when we were talking about something like this, but, um, you know, he was one of my, my Georgia boys. And, uh, I want to take this time to remember, uh, several guys from that same class era that are now no longer with us that were from, from, you know, near me that I covered and Paul Oliver, uh, former San Diego charger committed suicide, someone near and dear to your hearts, Kenley, Kenny McKinley. He was from South Cobb high school, not too far from here. So, um, it seems to be hitting a little closer to home way more often than, than it should. And, and Demarius Thomas is just one of the latest. And I think his legacy is going to live on for a long, long time and not just in Denver. Um, but he touched a lot of people in his time. Yeah. I mean, what a Testament. He was such a good football player, obviously, but that wasn't really the resounding, talking point or anything surrounding uh, him after his passing it was man dt what an amazing person and that i mean that's just it's tragic obviously but if that's that's a legacy to leave behind you know as good as well i'm glad you were first better person for for several reasons i'm glad he made it because i didn't know despite he was in west lawrence in dublin when i was covering that area and he may have come right when i was moving to california so i never got to meet him Hmm. uh but i scouted him because dublin georgia is not close to where i am you know you think of Georgia and, you know, everybody kind of thinks of the South as one location, you know, all those rednecks in the Southeast, yeah. but he's, I never got to see him play and never got to meet him. So I'm, I'm just thrilled that he made it. So people got to hear his story. Cause I didn't know it. I didn't know his story when he was coming out, um, coming out of high school into college. And I learned about what he had gone through after the fact, you know, I was just focused on Demarius Thomas, the player and, you know, just what a, physically gifted player he has always been I, I think I told you before he was 6'3 215 he played corner yeah. um 
corner and wide receiver um, at, at uh, West Lawrence High School in Dublin, Georgia. So just a, uh, just, you know, it's, it's uh, tragic. That's just the best way to describe it. Yes, it is. It is really tragic. I mean, obviously don't want to get into the details too much of it, um, but some issues stemming from a car crash that he had and uh, having some seizures and, you know, he's, He's no longer with us, but he still um, left a heck of a legacy uh, where he's been and uh, choosing kindness. I think that is something that we could all look forward to, you know, and and these shows, you know, choose kindness and DT all, always did that, you know, left every room. He was in a better place, people feeling better about themselves. And we all could use a little bit of that magic right now. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, that's right. Let's say hello to some more people in here. We got Luke Wright. What's up, guys? Good to see you, Luke. Uh, we got EJ in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Always good to have EJ in here. And I got JJ also. Good morning, Nick and Scott. And good morning, Broncos country. Victory Monday. Yeah, guys, enjoy that Victory Monday. They are, they're not guaranteed. And we only have four more chances for Victory Mondays at the Broncos uh, in the regular season. So, you know, the, no guarantees. Enjoy it. Live it up. Have that second cup of coffee. Uh, Dave Glassman in the house with the hearts in the 88s. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. We got Mo saying, uh, poor Lions fans. You know, the, uh, if I was a Lions fan, I would be like, you know, this is a, it's unfortunate we got beat like that, but we were sick and also we're that much closer to a top two pick where we can get a Hutchinson or a Thibodeau. So that's, that was always the plan, right? That's, this is always what was likely to happen for the Lions. Well, and you're, you're watching that and, you know, someone have said someone, someone takes, actually people do listen to me every once in a while. I'm always surprised when they repeat what I say, cause I'm not sure anybody's ever listening when someone says, I thought, Scott, I thought you said NFL teams don't tank. They don't necessarily tank as far as, you know, they're not going out there and intentionally trying to lose. But when you're one in 10, you've got an injury list that's this long. That list, when you're 10 and one, shrinks. You know, you have a little bit less incentive to go out and play. Um, You might not be playing if it's questionable. You know, you know what? I think I'm going to sit this one out, coach. Um, And you saw that, you know, it might have all been legit, you know, uh, sick bugs going around some injuries decimated but my gut feeling tells me if this was a more competitive team you would have seen more of their first teamers out there so this was a team that was decimated by this season for lack of a better way to put it and you you bury teams like that uh in in a game like this when you're when you're going for the playoffs and they're looking at a top five pick you you bury them and the Denver Broncos did just that Yes, they definitely did. We got U.S. Dave in here saying that today will be over the giddy, giddy with how good we are. I'm really hoping the Broncos don't have a letdown this game. I said going into it uh, Saturday night that this game just really feels like the Jets, where the Broncos should just overwhelm uh, their opponent, just like they did the Jets. And after the Jets, everybody remembers Broncos' first loss of the season versus uh, Baltimore, which was a pretty ugly game. Now we got another AFC North opponent coming to town. Hopefully you can have or avoid that kind of letdown uh, after a solid win. But you never know. It's a week-to-week league very much this season, and uh, Denver could lose. Denver could win. Uh, But it should be a great game next week. we got Albert coming in. Good morning, all. Good morning to you. Sean's in the house. Good morning, all. Thanks to be running the – thanks, all. Good morning, all. Thanks to the running game because Teddy looked horrible. Uh, We can get into that a little bit. Also, Mark is in the house. Good morning, guys. Albert saying Tweedy was atrocious at time, cannot find receivers. Uh, Scott, what did you think of uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, in this game? Looking at his stats, they're not terrible. They're not great. 18 for 25. I've really only gotten to watch the first half so far. Um, You know, when you're talking about a 38 to 10 win, 
you know, we could pull back up the things that, that we've talked about, you know, and I look at the box score and I say, if this team, the ideal formula for this team is Teddy. I think I even use the term 17 of 25. I think he was 18 yeah. of 25. No interceptions, a couple of touchdowns, short passes, uh, and then 45 to 50 touches for your running backs. If you can play like that, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, if yeah. you can establish a running game and play like that, you're going to win a lot of games. That's how this team is going to be best with the options you have at quarterback. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to be mad at Teddy for being who he is at this point, at this point in his career, when you traded a six round pick and only paying 4.5 million to him. Um, this was always the likely outcome for the season of what he would look like. Um, he's, I think he's pretty dinged up right now and injured and that's affecting a lot of his ball placement. Uh, I don't want that to be an excuse though. Um, a lot of guys are dealing with injuries right now and they have to overcome that. And if Teddy cannot stay healthy through the length of the season and it's affecting his performance to the, to the rate where he's playing like he is right now, then that's not a, good quarterback. Um, but uh, the big thing is he's running the offense. He's protecting the football and against teams like the lions, that is more than enough. Obviously mm -hmm. there's going to be some point where you're going to have to rely on the drop back pass game. And uh, is Teddy going to be good enough then so far this season, the answer would probably be no, uh, but you know, one game uh, defense playing better and the run game really starting to become the identity. This is this Denver team is going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, so um, I guess enjoy it for what it is. And especially with the, uh, the DT stuff coming down that's that's happened. And also the Melvin Gordon interview last year where he's like, you know, I feel disrespected and not appreciated by the fans. Um, maybe have a little bit of perspective of where we are and what that player is. And uh, it's winning football. Broncos seven and six for the first time since 2016. Chance of the playoffs. Um, and Teddy's part of the reason for that happening because he's protecting the football and uh, not turnovering turn games away. So uh, I guess we'll, that's, that's my take on that. Um, Ivan coming in here. Uh, yes. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan coming in here. Uh, okay. Good morning. <laughs> Do you agree with that now? If we beat Cincinnati playoffs are around the corner and Fangio staying, um, you'd have three more games after that. So uh, it would definitely help uh, for that. All those things to happen, but uh, Broncos probably need to finish three and one over these four games. If you can beat Cincinnati, that makes that road a lot easier. Obviously, then it's just two and one after that rather than three and one, three and oh. Uh, but uh, things are trending where it's definitely possible for Fangio staying. I'm uh, not sure about the playoffs. Three and one down the stretch is going to be tough, but you have a chance. And that's this is pretty much this what is eight and six. And I don't think anybody counted this last game as a loss. So if the odds were 17 percent of making the playoffs last week, I don't think that changed. Um, if anything, you know, it changed because Bengals? other teams. What now? It, it would have changed because other teams uh, struggled as well and it made the path statistically right. easier. Like the so. Bengals, the lost, I believe. But, you know, that may and Buffalo. make them a little more motivated to come out this week. Uh, I've always pointed to this Bengals game as the key game. Um, but even if you win this one, you're eight and six with three games left. So eight and nine is still on the table. Yeah. Um, so do I agree that, uh, let's see, when the playoffs are on the corner? Not yet. I'm, yeah. I'm not there yet with this team. Um, I'm thinking nine and eight looks like the most likely outcome. Eight and nine yeah. isn't off the table yet. And going 10 and seven, I still think is kind of a long shot. Um, Dave came in on YouTube and Facebook. Appreciate the stars, Dave. As always, the support on both sides, that certainly helps. And Shane comes in and says, Morning, Nick has got great game yesterday all around. That was playoff style football. Love the memorials for DT, RAP 88. Listen, what gets me, I'm a, like I'm really a softie at heart, you know, kids movies and commercial animals. I, I get, they affect me more than they should. And I was actually pretty good with all this until I was walking. I went for a walk during the first half. Cause I was listening to it on the radio. And as they were describing, you know, the empty X position <laughs> with, uh, you know, the word empty that, that got, it still gets to me. I just, I watched that again this morning and it, it still gets to me. I thought that was fantastic. Um, yeah from from the Denver Broncos and the and the Detroit Lions I thought it was was really well done yeah tip of the cap to the Lions and uh, Dan Campbell for not accepting that uh, 10 men in the huddle penalty because I mean <laughs> they could have I guess but uh, that was uh, good for them understanding there's some things bigger than the game um, and that's definitely qualifies there so thank you very much Shane um, we got uh, also Miguel coming in and saying, good morning, fellas. Glad Denver got the dub for DT. My favorite DT moment was when he caught that touchdown number seven against the Ravens. I was at that game, man. What a game that was. Uh, that starts at 2013. 
but uh, a lot of fun and uh, pretty jealous of you. I've been to seven Bronco games in person. I'm 0-7 <laughs> in games I've seen from Denver. So uh, I'm glad you got to see a fun game like that, man. That was a, I had a lot of fun after that one. I remember going down to the bars in uh, undergrad and being like, holy cow, Peyton Manning. Welcome. Welcome. That was a magical season. Yeah. And I, I complain about the cost of events and stuff like that, but if you, you can even get one of those, it's just, yeah. it's priceless, you know, to, to get the MasterCard commercial, it's, it's priceless to have a memory like that. So yeah. um, I'm glad you were there and, and get to, relive that one in your mind over and over and over and over again. Yep. That's why uh very much an advocate of spending money on experiences, not possessional things. Uh, and that's, you have that experience in that memory forever. So jealous and I'm glad you could have that Leroy Williams coming in saying, Hey, with our defense, I'm all in, all in bringing Vic Fangio back, but he must get rid of Shermer and the special teams coach. What do you think? I think that if that people don't want to hear this, but a, I think Shermer had a pretty good game plan this last week i mean there was some scripted that scripted drive was beautiful um and the run game he's really starting to get much more nuanced in his run game you're seeing a lot more counters uh pins and pulls traps rather than this classic inside zone running into the back of the defense and he's leaning into what his team is best right now so i'm call me a Shermer apologist if you apologist if you want but there's worse guys out there and i think he's been okay this season considering the limitations they have in pass protection and the quarterback position. Um, so those are the big ones. And if Fangio's back, I think Shermer is going to be back as well. I don't think that you're going to see the the complete upheaval um, because I've seen, we've seen it before. You know, you tell the head coach, you can come back if this guy is gone. The coach says, nope, I'm gone then too. And I think that would be the case with uh, Shermer and Fangio. I don't think he has that loyalty to Tom McMahon at special teams. But if Vic Fangio's back, I think Shermer's probably back as well. Well, I think the most important aspect of being a head coach is man management. And that comes not just with your team, but with who you select to be your trusted lieutenants. Yeah. So, you know, if I think that you've picked a terrible staff, I think those are firing moments. You know, uh, going back to grab your coffee, everybody, going back to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn lost me as a, a supporter when he hired and then didn't fire Steve Sarkeesian after the first year, you know, handing over. So to me, those, those, those decisions go hand in hand. Yeah. Your coordinators are really running the games. Those are your two most important positions. You're as a and, and Fangio is a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you're not gonna keep him as a defensive coordinator. So his ability to manage the rest of the team is how you judge him. And if you think that his coaching hires are atrocious, then he's gotta go. Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah, it's it's definitely a part of it. I think that they're right now it's a coin flip. We got four games left. How these next four game goes will probably determine if Fangio's back. So you know, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves just one week at a time and take in that new data and uh, evaluate from there. Liam coming in saying hello from the UK. Uh, hello to the United Kingdom. Cute puppy pick. Uh, great results last night. But like you've all said in the past, we've done what we do best. Beat poor teams. Yep, that's uh, it's very true. But um, guess what? The Broncos aren't the only team. I, people get so upset. Like, oh, it doesn't, the game doesn't matter. They beat the poor teams. Every single team, the Lions have, what, 11 wins now? Do those other 10 losses to those other teams not count and are padding those teams' stats and helping them? No, they count. You ha And you could easily, not easily, but like you still have to go out there and win these games. It's not like Alabama versus Southwestern State School of the Blind State uh, Tech. You know, that's, that's not the kind of game here. It's still an NFL team you're going up against, and you have to go out there and get the result. Denver did. You can't fault them for that, but we're not planning a parade either. Yeah, you just made my argument against expanded playoffs. Um, you, there's a lot of poor teams. See, that's the problem with the parity, the forced parity, is you got a bunch of six and seven, seven and six teams who are bad football teams yeah. that are alive, alive in the playoffs. And how exciting is it? Well, there were 10 five no shows yesterday for a playoff, you know, for a team that's in the playoff hunt. That, that tells me something about the product that's being put on the field and if this is really the way you go because there were a lot of teams and still are a lot of teams in the playoff hunt, in the playoff picture as we keep expanding the playoffs. And there was some just awful, awful football played yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, get off my lawn. The, uh, the afternoon slate was amazing. All playoffs. Yeah. Me, I like the whole full – I like the full season. I loved – getting up on August 28th and watching number three, Texas against number nine, Ohio state. And that was a playoff game. Now it's like, meh, I'll wait until the end of the year and see what, see where they are at the end of the season, you know? So yeah. 
anyway, you know, the, 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 Fal- the, the, the Broncos, the Falcons are both alive in the playoffs, but are they really contenders? I don't think so. Yeah. Denver's a contender for a playoff spot, but mm-hmm. beyond that, no, um, probably not. Uh, but if you have a good defense and a run game, you have one game. Things yeah, no, the happen. Broncos are certainly close, closer They're yeah. They've got a puncher's chance because they can go out and throw up some defensive TDs and, and a running game. That's, that's, that's good. But mm-hmm. The problem, what the, the 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 question is, is we've only beaten the bad teams. Three fourths of the league is bad teams. That's my point. You have to beat yeah. them. If, if you're not beating them, you are one of them. So, take care of business. Put yourself in a spot, and that's what Denver has done. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious this is a better team than we've seen in a while, um, almost in every aspect. So, um, Wicked Royalty. Good morning. Let's keep it rolling all the way to the playoffs. Playoffs? Let's let's do it, Wicked. Uh, Greg Smith coming in saying good morning for Broncos for breakfast. The morning after. Ryan Flores, what's up, fellas? DBA's in the house. Good morning to you. Keith Cummings, great to see you. We got David saying, I'm sorry, Broncos don't deserve the playoffs. Um, David. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I've, I was going to say, you know, plenty of One of my favorite don't... lines from The Unforgiven. Where's Jeremy? Clint yeah, Eastwood. Where, where is Jeremy? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was a uh, deserve or not. Um, you have four games. If the Broncos come out of this next four-game stretch, three and one against the AFC West, two two games on the road and the Bengals, They'll have, they'll deserve the playoffs. You go Especially ten and seven, you've earned it. Nine and yeah. eight, and you're a charity case. Yep, yep, absolutely. I agree with you. So maybe they don't deserve it right now, but if they finish ten and ten and seven, they'll they'll deserve it. Uh, DT was with our boys yesterday. What a magical day, despite the sadness. Eighty-eight yard drive to end. Pure mile high magic. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see that uh, stat where the last game of the? the yeah, it was uh, it was brought up a lot, and that's uh, that. Uh, as Chad likes to say, we don't believe in coincidence. Uh, it's, you know, I use the term agnostic. You know, I'm not religious. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm spiritual. And you, there's too many things like that that happen to tell me that somebody isn't watching somewhere, somehow. Uh, yeah. Just very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I'm not... I- I don't want to speak to anybody's, you know, religion or spirit, uh, spirituality, but I do trust one thing and that's numbers. Uh, and you talked about 80 yard drive, uh, the Broncos in this game, you want to talk about drives. And I saw some, uh, we got Tim Durr morning fellas. How you doing? What's up Broncos country. Um, this game, a lot of people in that second quarter were freaking out the Bron- freaking out about the Broncos and obviously two bad drives in that second quarter. The only three and out of the game from the Broncos in that second quarter, they only had nine possessions, which is a really, really low rate of possessions still put up 38 points. Um, and what would that be points per possession wise Broncos? I know it's a bad lions team, but still the game counts 4.22 points per possession. You, you know what the number one and number two team in the entire NFL are right now? The, the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay at 2.78 Broncos almost doubled the points per possession of the best two rates in the NFL. Again, it's just the lions, but still, I think people need to have some perspective of how good that offensive output was yesterday, how efficient it was. And that was 38 offensive points too. You weren't statted by a fumble return for a touchdown or a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, that was pure offensive touchdown. Um, so 4.22 points per possession. Amazing. The Broncos also, I think one of the best things we saw yesterday, five for five in the red zone, five trips down to the red zone, five touchdowns. The Broncos came into this game with one of the worst touchdown uh, rates in the red zone in the entire NFL, 27th at 0.525 uh, touchdowns per red zone trip. Dreadful. So going five for five yesterday, again, it's just the Lions, but this can be very much a get right game for working out some things. Um, and Teddy only had one sack. Uh, he looks very injured to me right now. Um, and uh, you know, those are things that are improvements. I don't care if it was the Lions. They're still an NFL team. And those matter. And that helps you in the, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, go back and look at the, the Detroit Lions last five games and, and look at the anomaly. There's one blowout in there and it was it was in Denver. Uh, Peter said his, his prediction was decent. Mine was OK. I said I think I said 26-10. I was not expecting five for five in the red zone. I was expecting yeah. I think I did four field goals and two touchdowns is where I came up with 26. So uh, 26-10 was my pick. Uh, Michael coming in. I, if, I don't know if you're still here, Michael, since uh, it took us a while to scroll down to this. Uh, couldn't stay, but he's, uh, uh, showing some love and appreciate it. And we'll, if we don't see you today, later today, we'll see you later this evening. We'll see you tonight for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. We got Deandre Witherspoon also coming in saying happy victory Monday. Good morning, boys. The path to the playoffs is a running game and defense and an efficient passing game. Yeah. And I said the, the big thing with me, I accepted once it was Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke. I kind of went to a place of, (laughs) 
calm, you know, meditation where it's like, okay, I, instead of just being mad, I'm going to have to accept it is what it is with this quarterback position. And this is probably very much a stopgap. And I'm still in that same place. Um, Teddy is missing throws. He's not pushing the ball vertically. I mean, Cortland Sutton with just one catch for nine yards, that's not ideal. But this isn't, you know, race for the Heisman or whatever you're playing where you have to have perfect stats for every single guy. You, not to quote, again, another famous press conference, but you play to win the game. That's what the Broncos did this game, and right now they are playing to win with the limitations that Teddy has and the pass protection has. I think the offensive line pass pro is also something that we pin a lot on Teddy, but like Quinn Miners, Olay, and, and some pass reps. He's really good in the run game. Pass protection, not there right now. Um, so they're, they're leaning into what their identity needs to be to win games down the stretch, and it works, and it's limited. Yes, it's frustrating sometimes, yes, but if it can be winning football and get the Broncos to the first playoffs for the first time since 2015, I'll take it. I don't care. I don't the air raid triple option to win football games. Period. But yeah, that's that's the key right there. We talked. I, I've said ideally, and I'll say it again: seventeen or twenty-five passing between forty and fifty, somewhere in there, touches for the two main running backs. Yep. And and you're gonna you're gonna be a tough team to beat. Yep. Herb coming in. It's beautiful to see they dedicated the game to Mr. Thomas, but the rest of the season, why couldn't they just have the same fire all along to someone else have to pass next season too? So it's really the coach's fault for this bad season or players mindset. Um, players in general. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Heisman um, with Bryce Young winning, but he said, you know, people have doubted me all along. It's like, dude, you were the number one quarterback recruit in the country going to Alabama as a five-star, like who <laughs> doubted you? Um, so this is a thing where I'm not, if the players want to use DT's passing as a rallying cry and to bring them together, that's fine. Players do stuff like this, similar to this all the time, where they're looking for any sort of emotional uh, edge that they can get. And if that's DT passing to bring them all closer together and uh, galvanize this group, um, that can be a, a positive thing from this tragedy. So I don't think it's a, I'm not reading into it more than the coach's fault for not getting these guys up at the players. Um, they're just looking for something that they can focus, pin, uh, hang their hat on and, uh, galvanize the group as a whole and that's what those leaders i think are doing uh in that locker room well and we've we've referred to this and her uh appreciate the the comment yeah thanks, um Herb. and he says oh and good morning broncos breakfast show yes good morning good, good morning. morning to you Herb. um you know we talk about this jekyll and hyde team but you know i don't necessarily see it that way i see a very clear pattern here and it's not just beating mm -hmm. the bad teams because there's been some teams that aren't real good that have beaten you uh what i see is teams that are strong in the on the front lines strong in the trenches denver struggled with uh you know you talk about the cleveland browns baltimore ravens yep. um the, the the nfc north type teams uh who else is in there philadelphia eagles they can bully people in the lines you've really struggled with teams that aren't necessarily as physical up front denver is beaten and beaten fairly handily I don't see any more. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of the, of the Cincinnati Bengals to know if they are one of those true AFC North teams or if they're more finesse style. Denver's handled the finesse teams. Um, the, the, the Chargers, one of those teams. Cowboys go back and forth as one of those teams. Mm -hmm. So I see a very clear pattern here. And what also I've seen in the past few weeks is the offensive line is playing better. So they're able to handle those teams better. So as they move forward and move towards the playoffs, I think they are getting better and better able to handle a tough, hard-nosed front seven. Can they do that against an offensive line that wants to come out and punch them in the mouth? That we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen them come out and do that yet. Might get the chance this weekend against the, against the Bengals. Yeah, we'll get – obviously have a chance to talk more about the Bengals as the uh, we get closer to that one. But watching the Bengals, they – our team that has kind of found a pretty solid run game with Joe Mixon, a really talented mm -hmm. back out of OU. Their offensive line has been playing better as of late, but really what makes that offense tick is Joe Burrow ISO pass late passing game. You know, you got, they spread those guys out and they're like, Joe Burrow pick the right matchup and get the ball out there vertically. And uh, that's what led them back um, last week. And Joe Burrow is going to take those shots as well, even though he's doesn't have a howitzer, he's got an incredible touch and he's a pretty good athlete in the pocket. So um, that's, it'll be a fun game. The Broncos cornerbacks, defensive backs, they're going to get tested there in this next game. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with the slot position. Also the lions, or excuse me, the Bengals have three awesome wide receivers. One of the better trios of wide receivers in uh, football this season. Honestly, it was some, one of the best, like five set of weapons in football when you're talking 11 personnel. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I'd it'll feel be better matchup. with the Broncos against good wide receivers than I would against a monster running game. Like if you flip these two teams and said, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. If you just took the Broncos and ran offense versus defense, I think the Broncos offense would do well against the Broncos defense. 
You know, you yeah. take the if they're going to come out and they're going to run uh, Pookie and Melvin Gordon at you until you say stop. I, I think you're going to you, you struggle against the team that you are, which is kind yeah. of ironic. Usually, there's there's kind of an identity on both sides, but uh, right now, I don't think the defensive front is holding up quite as well as the offensive line is progressing. And Yvonne coming back and says, with the salary expectations that Teddy has, he will not be back right. Well, one, we don't know what his expectations are. Two. It doesn't matter what your expectations are. It's what the market will dictate. Um, and three, will that be enough, whatever the market is, to make him keep playing? Or would he just say, you know what? I got my $50 million in the bank. I'm done. I don't think he's ready to be done. Uh, I think he's too young yeah. to be done. So it's going to depend on what else someone does out there. If you come back, it may you may have end up having to double what you're paying him. But he's going to be an 8-10 to 10 guy. It, you don't bring him back for any more than that if you're the Denver Broncos. And if someone wants to offer him 20 Bye. Bye. Thank you. Uh, enjoy. Good luck. Um, that would be insane. And that would be a fireable offense. So whoever offers him 20 a year for two or three years is going to be out of a job um, in the next two or three years. Yeah, I, I saw it was uh, Ryan Edwards, I think, yesterday saying that Teddy is going to be looking for 25 million a year. Um, obviously, looking is different than what the market may dictate. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for 25 million a year, too. Do you see it over there? Yeah, you see it over there. Ahoy. I'm too. I don't see it anywhere. <laughs> Land ho. No, um, yeah, I don't see that either. <laughs> Scott, we need more of that. Hello. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, with yeah, no way. Twenty five million a year, absolutely not. Uh, fifteen million for one year, or you know something like that for two years. If you can't get Rodgers or Wilson, and the contract is easy to get out of after one season, maybe. But you're talking about the type of quarterbacks that is a. Uh, you know, the Andy Dalton's, the Tyrod Taylor's, the Marcus Mariota's, the guys who are obviously bridges. Um, you don't you'd rather get one of those guys and not be committed to them long term than pay somebody a lot for multiple years where you don't have that flexibility to move on. And that's what makes it so uh I guess less irritating about Teddy Bridgewater. If we were stuck with Teddy Bridgewater twenty five million a year for three year, damn I would be I would be not happy. I would be very concerned. But you're not. You're not paying him much and you can he's gonna move on in the offseason and uh that means that this year it's just, it's just a blip and uh, it's competency. Um, something that we haven't had under center since God, maybe 2014 even. Um, so I, mean, that's, I, uh, I hate to be glib about this and, but you know, I've, I've said it before, you know, you got what you paid for. Yeah. You know, you paid for a bottom half type of quarterback. It yep. was a six rounder and $4 million. You know, you're getting, if, if I do a cost analysis and say, am I getting value for what I'm paying? You're in the plus column on Teddy Bridgewater for, for what you're paying for him. He's outperforming what he has cost you. Um, I think SpotTrack. Yeah, I think SpotTrack does a thing where they they crunch numbers by the position and then say like, this is what this person's value has been per dollar this season. And I think Teddy Bridgewater's stats this year have warranted according to their formula, like a $23 million contract and he's only getting paid 4.5. So that's a big bonus, but that also just goes to show just how overpaid and expensive quarterbacks are in general. Um, so uh, Teddy's kind of the anti Kirk cousins, right? Where he's not putting up the amazing stats, but you're only paying 4.5 for him where Teddy or Kirk cousins is obviously a better quarterback, uh, top 12, top 10 in a year, but he's going to be paid 45 million against the cap next year. Well, right he's now he's, 45. he's on, he's on an MVP pace. I started, we started talking about this last week and I looked up his numbers. I'm like, Whoa, maybe we're selling Kirk cousins short right now. Kirk cousins is having a hell of a year. I don't want to pay him 45 million, that's but the thing. Yeah. at least he's playing really well. He's got like a yeah. 30 to five or something touchdown to interception ratio. He's, he's playing on an MVP level. So yeah. uh, are you getting value? I don't, I couldn't argue ever paying a quarterback that much. Uh, of in a salary cap type of system, uh, but he is playing really well. Yeah, um, we got Peter saying fan had a decent grab, but where were the wide receivers? Uh, the wide receivers were limited in a game where the Broncos only threw the ball twenty five times, um, and the wide receivers still did get. Let me see, six receptions or six targets, eleven targets, uh, twelve targets. So uh, nearly half the targets out there on the field um, for the wide receivers. The wide receivers also, I think this is something that. Uh, is important. Football is a game of spacing and matchups. And even though the Broncos are not utilizing those wide receivers, like you'd hope right now, and at some point they're going to have to, because they're going to fall behind and you're going to have to play catch up. And those wide receivers are ones that you're going to need to lean on. Um, but it's a spacing game. And if you have three wide receivers that opposing teams have to account for, guess who that helps. That helps your run game. That helps the box count. Um, because you, if you don't account for those guys, 
you are you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable matchup to give up a, a backbreaker to those wide receivers. So even though they aren't putting up great stats right now, um, that I'm not super worried about it long term. And I also got a question coming in from uh, BNS. Good morning to you, BNS. Hey, Nick, why pay Cortland send all that money for Teddy two picks to never throw to him? Teddy two picks, I think, is a. Uh, that's not the nicest name. Come on, we're choosing kindness here, BNS. Um, but uh, the reason you're paying Cortland is because it's not just this season. It's the next three, four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. You have a young player under contract where you don't know who your quarterback's going to be after this year, but you do know that you, he has, he's going to have some weapons, whether that be a veteran and that's luring in a veteran or helping a rookie uh, transition as easily as possible. So um, it's going to be, you're going to want Cortland, even though he's not being super utilized statistically right now, he's creating space. Um, you, you're still going to want Cortland long-term. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you a series of questions that's going to lead you to your own Uh-oh. answer on here. Did you pay Cortland Sutton more this year? Uh the Broncos, I think they did they did not pay him more. Nope. No, you didn't. Is Teddy Bridgewater under contract next year? Nope. No, you didn't. So, therefore, you didn't pay him for Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. You paid him for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And your the thought is I've got a young talented receiver who's 25, 26 years old and I can get a quarterback. You didn't pay him for Teddy. It's just to me more signs that Teddy's not the guy when I'm investing in young wide receivers. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. This one, this one, this one I want to get to real quick. We got my high truth coming in here saying, I don't want Teddy regardless. Give me Minshew, uh, Gardner Minshew. This is maybe just me being very much a, I want to like football players um, on my team first for their football ability. And second for that extra stuff. Um, Minshew to me scares me because of the cult of personality. You know, the the mullets, the mustache, the long hair, living in an RV, whatever. You already had like, Tebow. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't want I don't want to have a quarterback who's marginal that fans are screaming for uh, to keep because of his personality. You know, if he's amazing and has all that stuff, if he's out there playing like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers and then he has all that stuff, God bless him. I'm in. But if he's like borderline backup starter quality and people are screaming to keep him because of stuff that's extracurriculars, um, I'm I'm not about it. So uh, I take Minshew, but he scares me because I worry that the fans will be hung up on him. And I'm just, I'm tired of being fans being hung up on obviously marginal quarterbacks. Yeah. Again, there's the hope that's involved there. Um, I've seen the latest mock draft has the Broncos. Some mock drafts has the Broncos taking Malik Willis at 16. Um, You know, do you get your, do you get your quarterback of the future? It's just, it's so hard. It's so hard to get a quarterback. Um, You know, even if you, in a quarterback heavy draft and you drop one in the top th- draft one in the top three, there's still no guarantees there. So um, it is tough uh, for sure. And then, uh, you know, Miguel coming in with some more stars again. So I really want uh, Demarius Thomas to be the catalyst to make a four and one run. I hope it happens. Uh, I'd like a four and one run for, uh, for Broncos fans. And regardless, you know, um, if, if that's the catalyst, okay. Um, feels a little selfish. <laughs> I, I, I just, I love the way that, that, uh, Demarius Thomas was, uh, was remembered yesterday. Um, yeah. now take care of business. Yep. Yeah, no, you're totally right here. We got, uh, Kayla coming in here saying, I have no expectation moving forward from here. The Broncos have exceeded my expectations as to how they were going to be in how they were in past seasons. Uh, do you think the Broncos have surpassed George Payton's expectations, Scott, on this season? Or do you think it's still very much yet to be determined the final four games? I think it's still, an, I, I think so far they're on the under on that. I, I think he would have expected more than he's gotten. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, have they? No, they haven't. They haven't met his expectations to this point. And that's why we, we still talk every week about, you know, potential coaching replacements and quarterback replacements and, and those type of things. Cause I think those go hand in hand. Um, a better quarterback, I think makes the coaches look better, but I don't think the better coach is necessarily going to make Teddy look that much better. You know, he yeah. is who he is. He's got more of a track record. Um, from a PR perspective, I thought, uh, I thought Fangio really hit the low point after that Dallas win. I was pretty appalled, I think is the right word, how he behaved after that. Um, and then, you know, I think he's he learned. I don't know if someone took him away or he actually, you, you know, you watch yourself after that and you cringe. You're like, oh, God, I sound like a dick. Um, <laughs> you know, that uh, that I, I think uh, I've liked the way he's conducted himself. And that'll help. 
You know, yeah. if you can win some games and get more fans on your side and that'll help. But I, I'm still saying nine and eight, miss the playoffs with 11,000 empty seats a mile high and boo birds. You're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm a, but again, at 38 points, this game, Broncos probably going to have some <clears throat> uptick in offensive efficiency metrics with this Lions. But season is going to come down to these final four weeks. Um, you're right there. You're right where you had hoped you would be at worst. Um, and we're going to find out. Uh, we got Mr. Boggins coming in and saying, if we don't get Russ or Aaron, obviously Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, who's a veteran you'd want to bring in the, Bron- the Broncos to bring in? Um. Gosh, it's terrible to say this, but whichever guy is cheapest for the shortest, um, if you're going to sign that tight tier of quarterback, I don't want to be committed long term. So if that's Tyrod Taylor, if that's uh, Andy Dalton, if that's Marcus Mariota, I don't really have strong feelings about any of them. So it's the same with this quarterback class. You know, there's six guys. It's like, give me the last one on the board because I don't feel great about any of them. Um, so it's that's where you're at. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people were screaming about quarterback last year. Um, Sertan looks amazing, but it's just this is the this was the scary zone for the Broncos at the quarterback position. They're going to be aggressive with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, though. And uh, let's just let's manifest that. I'm going to keep that mindset. Well, that's still possible. I'm going to live in the world where that that's a uh, that could happen. Yeah, another year of limbo would be tough. Uh, mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? You know, you can't control. It's it's not up to us to control yeah. that. Um, if they if they take a swing on a guy, and I, I think they will. Um, you know, you've got so much. You've got draft capital. You got cap room. It's yep. go exploring. You're you're that's the fun time. Uh, that's the fun time. <laughs> Mr. Boggins getting dirty this morning. Yeah. Um, that's the fun time to be uh, to be a general manager. They've got a lot of of tools and a lot of uh, resources at their disposal this for this offseason. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I want to give a shout out here to again, Mr. Boggins. But this is one that one player that I've been banging the table for all season. I don't see Richie Rich in here because he always likes to poop on the uh, the defensive line. Then I'm like, hey, Draymond Jones has been incredible this season. I know that he hasn't had the the uh, <clears throat> the sacks, but his pressures and how much he's getting double teamed. And uh, honestly, his run defense also has been pretty good if you double team him. Um and run right at him. He's not the heaviest guy in the world. Sometimes you can get him knocked back there. But Draymond Jones yesterday. That's did you, you said you listened to it? Mm-hmm. Have you you have you watched the first? Half uh, well, I saw it? the first half, so I saw his his sack. Did and you see that? I series? wanted to call out Jonathan Cooper on that one because Jonathan Cooper oh. was coming off the edge on his first sack. Fifty three, right? Sometimes I get him and yep. Reed. Yep. No. Nope. Yeah. Reed was out. Uh, I saw fifty three fly Cooper coming across the left edge, forcing Goff up into the pocket, right into Draymond, who had gotten pressure. So it was. Good. I heard the word several times after the game yesterday, complimentary. So it was good complimentary line play. You know, I flush him, you bag him. Um, yep. And that was uh, that was good. I did not see. I have not watched the second half yet. OK, there was a series might have been in the I, I they, the, the radio announcers called that. We might as well just put the video up and call this the Draymond Jones series. Just yes. just label it that way. <laughs> well, the the uh, the run stop. He had the sack on first down, but the run stop on second down was so violent. I mean, the, the the offensive tackle and the running back were just blown up. Or the, I don't remember which offensive lineman it was, but that one, that's worth going back for. Um, Draymond Jones was a beast yesterday. Uh, he's been a beast all season. Um, So uh, the Broncos, you guys, we talk about like, oh, who's next for the Broncos to get paid? Who's on this team that's going to get some um, some money? Broncos, if they, this offseason, if I were George Payton, some of that extra money that we have, I'm seeing if I can lock up Draymond Jones before he gets to the market because he's been very good. I, I don't think he's ever going to be it's pretty rare for any team to have your best pass rusher, your alpha be an interior pass rusher. That probably means that you have some issues at edge, but uh, Draymond Jones has been the best Broncos pass rusher this season. Consistently their most impactful defensive lineman probably want to bring him back. He's been so good. Uh, Shane Daniels coming in concerning the challenge flag. Yes. Fangio needs to be a better person up top to help him on challenges. However, I would have challenged that as well. The ball was moving prior to being hit going down and it was questionable. Teddy needs to become a bit more decisive with passes. He likes to hesitate and then hitch in his steps right into defenders. Yeah, the um, first one, Vic Fangio's, I know that it's kind of the thing where everybody's just waiting for the whoopee cushion at this point, but I agree with Shane. I don't think that was the uh, the worst challenge yesterday. I think with how, uh, what is a catch? What is possession? Uh, you have two, uh, you still have two challenges. And if you get that turnover there, you get the ball in plus field, or you get the ball in plus field position and you have a chance to, I mean, that would be game at that point with that one. So I, I understand that the challenge there is frustrating because he lost it. But uh, when you have two, I think that one was worth the the odds of losing it. 
right? Like you, there's sometimes like the Chiefs game too, that one that was they lost that fumble against uh, Travis Kelsey. That's worth it for that situation. I think this one is in that same category that where one, like you, that one you know, I had no trouble with the challenge flag being thrown against Kansas City. I would have thrown yeah. that one. Uh, I said they probably won't overturn it because it's too close. Uh, it'll be one of those where the call stands. But yep. I also said, and then Fangio said it afterwards too, if they had called it a fumble, they wouldn't have overturned that either. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was bang, bang. So How many um, times I didn't see that games? play that you're speaking of. Uh, it seemed to me that it was early. I thought it was early though. I think it was in the second half. Okay. Then I, I watched enough games that I might have gotten confused. I'm like, why are you challenging that one? Yeah. What are you going to get out of this? I think that may have been a, a different game I was watching. It's like, even if you win the challenge, it's like, so what? Um, which is when you don't challenge, you know, if you do, if yeah. you, it's worth a timeout to, especially in a game that you're dominating like this, yeah. um, to roll the dice, you know, even yeah. if it's one in five, you get it, think of it as taking a, a timeout to reset and reorganize and do all those stuff. So that's not necessarily a bad thing team. And, uh, we were talking about this a little while ago. This is how far behind I am getting up our, uh, our contributors as I'm going down through the, the scroll. Um, and money more, as we were talking, says last drive was 88 yards. Um, God sent an angel to mile high yesterday. His name's Demarius Thomas. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes that stuff's a, a little, a little spooky. So it's, a, it's yeah. a little spooky. Um, in this type, not necessarily spooky, but wonderful. Uh, it, it was in that, in this case, appreciate and the I comment money. more. And I also saw that, uh, yesterday, another kind of thing with the numbers, um, Demarius or Justin Simmons was going to donate, I think $88 for every tackle the Broncos made yesterday on the field or every tackle that was in that game. Um, either way, the final total comes out to uh, $5,280, which is exactly the uh, the feet above sea level that is mile high. So um, just all these things kind of just add up. It's like, huh, that is, that's weird. Um, but we got some uh, supers coming in here. Uh, 88 from our guy, again, Ethan, uh, dollars here. Uh, coming across the bottom, giving us the dollars saying, now just think if Shelby could play up to his contract. Imagine what Draymond could do. Yeah, Shelby's been a little bit disappointing this season, but I got to say Shelby had a solid game against the Lions. I think he had two or three balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. Um, he hasn't been amazing this season, no doubt about it. But also Shelby, I mean, you paid him, but you he's really only un under contract for 2022 after this. So if he's still struggling next year, you can move on from him. Um, so he's not it's not a big deal. Shelby's not the one who's been uh, disappointing me, though, on that defensive line. I think... Uh, Mike Purcell's uh, been struggling this season. He was inactive against the Chiefs. He did not have a very good game against the Lions getting pushed back. And also, I thought uh, Kenny Young had a uh, pretty poor game as well while he was out there. Also of note, um, everybody's preseason uh, favorite to be uh, starting to displace Josie Jewell. Uh, Justin Estrenad looks like he's been placed uh, surpassed on the depth, depth chart by the uh, the linebacker the Broncos traded for um, from uh, the 49ers to begin the season. His name's even escaping me right Is now. Is it Remember, Micah? No, it's... Uh, here, hold please. Micah, you, you Kenny Young, no, Baron Browning. I'm running out of you. Running, you're running through so many linebackers. It was the it was the one they traded for for special teams specifically uh, before the season started. Not um, Jonas Jonas Griffith, number fifty. I don't think he even showed up in the. I don't think he even had a tackle. He didn't, but uh, he was on the field surpassing uh, Justin Stranod, which says all you need to know about Stranod's playing where he is this season. Uh, been very disappointing, but uh, you know that's. That's what it is sometimes. But Kenny Young, bad game. Mike Purcell, probably a pretty bad game. Um, but uh, Shelby, not his worst. Thank you so well, much for DWIs. We, we've talked about this a little bit before. It says, you know, what else is going on there? And, and Ethan, again, appreciate it. Double eights, um, 88, 88 to add on to the 188, 88 <laughs> earlier. Thanks, guys. Uh, Griffith. I think his name's Griffith. Something's telling me Griffith, Zach. Um, Bradley Chubb had some moments. You know, yeah. if Bradley Chubb is playing like Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris, Shelby Harris gets better. You know, yep. Jonathan Cooper, I mentioned him. What, when, when you mentioned um, Draymond Jones in the sack, what was the first thing I said? Jonathan yeah. Cooper. Cooper, yep. You know, so when you've got Malik Reed getting blocked out of the running game by tight ends, that means your defensive lineman on that side is going to be facing guards and tackles, double teams constantly. Uh, it makes it tougher. Now, if I've got an edge who is, it's all, it all works together. Now, if I've got an edge that is now a threat, uh, it's going to make my interior lineman better too. So um, I'm not willing to put it all on Shelby just yet. And certainly not questioning his effort just yet. Um, maybe, maybe the production, 
But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of injuries over there as well. And hopefully Bradley Chubb will come in, get healthy, stay healthy, play for a contract. You know, he's got yeah. next year he'll be a free agent after next year. Um, play for that contract. Go get it. Go, yep. go, go get somebody to get to offer you crazy money and then get franchise tagged. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he's playing right now, but he's going to get paid. Um, no doubt about it. And they talked about him this offseason like he was going to be great. And uh, he has been great. But the thing about interior defensive linemen a lot of times is unless they are truly, truly special, uh, Aaron Donald, the uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Joneses of the worlds, um, which I don't think Draymond's in that tier of uh, those guys, but um, he's been incredible this season. And they kind of need somebody outside to play a little inside outside twist stunt game with and to free up. And the Broncos haven't had that this season from the edge. But I mean, you saw it, you brought it up that Jonathan Cooper one, when you have an elite edge player like that, that frees up the Draymonts for the quarterback stepping up or being flushed from the pocket to chase him down. So it, it means you've got to take that guy with a tackle instead of a tight end. And if there's yep. a, a big, if I'm taking my 300 pounder away from my interior lineman, my interior lineman just got better. So yep. Synergy. Um, like I said, it's it, to me, it's the most disconcerting to me when I see uh, an edge getting blocked out of the play by uh by a tight end because we certainly don't see that with the broncos that doesn't happen very often yeah um we got jelly coming in here with 999 thank you so much jelly uh here's what i think if we get into a wild card game who the hell wants that everyone and their mother knows that this team is not a contender not with this coaching staff we are only prolonging vic stay hashtag mhh well jelly uh, i'll answer for you thank you so much for the 999 super but uh, i the hell want that because i want i want all the bites out of the apple i can possibly get um, it's hard. It's hard enough to get to the playoffs. This team hasn't been there for a bit. And I think that experience would be important. Also, you're seven and six right now. You're not going to have a good draft pick no matter what. So like losing is not going to catapult you up the draft board. So why not go to the playoffs? Why not get that experience? Why not get a bite out of that apple and give yourself a shot? Because I mean, you saw it this year. People were betting against the Broncos with the Chargers coming to town. Our Chargers should kill them. Denver sucks. Denver whipped them. People were saying that against Dallas. Every dog has its day. And uh, you never know. Yeah, that's why you play the game. Right. That's why the games are not played on paper. You go out on the field, play the game and uh, give yourself a chance. Hell yeah. I want the playoffs prolonging anything. I'm tired of this prolonged exodus from the playoffs. The longest streak ever of a team that's won the Super Bowl, um, not making the playoffs. Uh, That was that was true two years ago. We don't need to keep extending that streak. Let's get to the damn playoffs. I'd be interested in how many head coaches have lost their job after making the playoffs. You know, now Schottenheimer comes to mind. Uh, it's Marty? probably happened. I, you know, yeah. it, it would certainly would not surprise me. It's probably happened. Um, but especially now that we've got an extra playoff spot that nine and eight and eking into the seventh spot in the playoffs uh, might not be enough to keep you. So um, again, I, I understand. Uh, trust me. I, I, I call, I, I call, uh, I call these guys behind the scenes spoiled a lot because you don't know what it's like to be a fan of the Detroit Lions or the Atlanta Falcons. Y'all have had an alpha franchise. And to be 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs is, yes, we're really excited. Yeah. <laughs> we're really excited. But uh, in this case, the expectations are different. And this roster is different. And uh, the question was earlier, do you think it's met the expectations of George Payton? I don't think 9-8 and eight and eking into the seventh spot of the playoffs will do it. And then do you make a type of uh, – and everybody's saying John Fox. So I'm going, yep. yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking maybe John Fox was one of those guys. Um, <laughs> so you love the chat for. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I understand, you know, it's like, listen, I don't want to just keep hovering around 500 with his coaching staff. I'd almost rather lose. I, I get it. Trust me. Yeah. I get it. Uh, so do you think Teddy will get paid? Not 20 plus million, not in Denver, not in Denver. I think that's the case. If someone's so, somebody might be desperate to do that. Let them because they just hurt themselves. They just took themselves out of playoff contention by hamstringing the rest of their their roster by getting it. Teddy Bridgewater is fine for Denver because you're not paying him. He's four million and a six round pick didn't cost you anything. I've said that five times already. Yeah. Um, paying him, you know, making him, giving him franchise quarterback money would be asinine. Yeah. Yep. It would be. Do I think Teddy gets paid? Probably not from Denver. Um, I think he is also right now. I mean, he looks much more meek and his ball placement is different than it was earlier in the season. I think he's dinged up. Um, but again, that's, that sounds like an excuse to me. If anything, I'm putting that in the negative column for Teddy. Maybe that's unfair. I mean, yes, he's out there. He's playing dinged up and he's tough for doing that. No doubt. But 
it's an 18 game season and the way Teddy plays football, he invites those hits. You know, he's a little bit greedy in the pocket sometimes, uh, hanging onto that football too long, inviting pressure, uh, waiting for that guy to break open instead of hammering in one. Cause he doesn't think he has the arm to hit some of those windows. So he's getting those hits. And, uh, while he's playing through injury right now, and that's part of the reason I think his, uh, his stats haven't been as good. That's part of the equation for Teddy as well, because you're not going to be healthy after an 18 game season, the way he plays. And you're going to have to go out there and perform because that's true for all these other quarterbacks as well. You know, you're going to get hit and you're going to have to play through injury. Aaron Rodgers right now is playing through a severe toe injury. Uh, Russell Wilson coming back from the finger injury right now. That's the game. So it's part of the equation. And for me, that's a, it's a reason why Teddy is not doing as good as he was as early in the season, but it's also a reason why, He's not the guy for me. Um, it's another thing in the negative column for me. Well, N8 coming here. I'm going to call you Nate. Uh, <laughs> uh, it says, if, if they make the playoffs with Teddy, it might be more seductive for Rodgers. Absolutely. So this is a playoff team. I mean, Teddy's okay. At best, he's okay. He's not awful. He's okay. You know, and that's what we expected coming in. With some, I think I said somewhere between 15 and 20 at the end of the year in quarterback ratings. He surpassed that. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to be a one to three. And if he looks at that and Rodgers says, maybe I, I need him. I need a change. I need to move. I need to go somewhere. My last couple seasons, I want to win. Wow. That team made the playoffs with that quarterback play. Good Lord. Sign me up. So yeah, yeah there, there's something to be said there. Um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're drafting, you know, 15 to 18, what's the difference? I'd rather make the playoffs and all the positive things that can go, that can go with that. So that's a Nate. I, that's a really good comment. I, I really like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the case with uh, Tim Tebow, with Peyton Manning, right? Yeah, we, the Broncos won a playoff game with Tim Tebow under center. The guy completing two passes at Arrowhead for a win. I can take that team to the Super Bowl. God bless you, Peyton. You did. Um, Tom Brady going down to Tampa Bay. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You got a good offensive line. You got a coach in Bruce Arians, uh, some pieces on that defensive line. I'm Tom Brady taking his talents to, to uh, not South Beach, but the uh, the Bay. I think they're in Tampa, obviously, Tampa Bay. Um, and it looks pretty no, good. not so, South Beach. Uh, not South Beach. Um, I've been to Florida like three times. Uh, don't don't kill me for that one. I always drove too. Crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the def- Denver making the playoffs this year with Teddy Bridgewater with how uh, limited he is. He's not losing the Broncos games because he's protecting the football for the most part. But uh, still, he's also not creating plays um, with his arm right now. He's 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 struggling. His ball placement was erratic in this last game, no doubt about that. Uh, but um, you, you're hoping that that you can lure in a quarterback with this team, this roster, uh, this season. I mean, that's been the, I think that's been the play the whole time. Uh, after, after you couldn't get Rogers this off season, you didn't get trade up for Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, even though that there was a lot of rumored interest there. Um, now you're interested in bringing in one of those veteran quarterbacks. That's the play. And so Jeremy, Peter Middleton says Rogers for two years or Wilson for four, which do you prefer? If I'm going Wilson, I want him for more than four. Yeah. I was going to say, yep. you know, it, I'm it, thinking if I, if I had to choose there, I'd take Rogers for two years. If I knew I, I could only have Wilson for four, if I want, if I'm going to take Wilson, Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers, I want Russell Wilson for seven or eight um, yep. and playing where he's, you know, close to 39. I want Drew Brees. That's what I want. I want another decade uh, yep. if I'm getting Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers for two years. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a, I mean, you're a Super Bowl contender the minute he puts pen to paper. Um, I don't feel the same way with Russell Wilson. I feel like you're a contender. Uh, with him, but with Rogers, I think you're, you're in the argument of, as one of the favorites, honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely. If two to the ratio of two to four, I'm definitely taking uh Rogers in that one. Cause he is a, a tier above Wilson for me, even, even though Wilson is one of the top 10 quarterbacks any given year. Um, but with Wilson, you're talking about a guy, uh, both of these guys, a, uh, played later. So you're hoping that they have healthier bodies compared to most quarterbacks at their age group. Right. Cause, uh, Rogers sat on the bench for a few years and Wilson was, um, in uh, minor league baseball and it was a grad transfer to Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if it's two to four, give me Rogers, you hit the nail on the head though. I mean, if, let's say it's three versus nine, then maybe it's more of a conversation. Uh, for me though, this is, this is really it. But if people, oh man, do you want Rogers or Wilson? Um, people, some people are really in one camp or the other, whichever one I can get here first. That's who I'm getting. <laughs> oh, you agreed to send me that quarterback. Hell yes. A uh, Rogers Wilson. I don't care. Uh, one of those guys, whoever can come here first, Please, God, uh, I would love either of those guys. Well, and I, I, I just like the question, um, Peter. I yeah. didn't realize even that was stars until I looked over. So appreciate the stars and the continued support. And speaking yeah. of continued support, I look across the top and it, it says eights all across because uh, where it keeps 
uh, where it keeps the, the the highest contributors in vision for us. And I see all eights from from DWI guys. And Ethan says, Scott, you were right. Gordon keeping Williams fresh for the stretch run, but I still want a 60-40 split in favor of Pookie. Um, for me, it's all – I want it 60-40 at least in crucial moments. The Detroit Lions, you didn't need 30 carries from, from Javante Williams to beat that team. So, you know, I, I typed out and I was, I've been using car analogies because I think of running backs like I do cars. They're, they're depreciating assets. So I had to drive 500 miles this last weekend. And instead of putting 500 miles on my car, I got a nice deal on a rental and rented and took it. You've got five more games, hopefully at least, of, of, uh, of Javante Williams. Run him into the freaking ground against a team like the Detroit Lions. Give him as many carries as you can. You don't need the best of Javante Williams to beat the Detroit Lions. I don't need to put extra wear and tear on his body and risk. And I think that was the right move. Now, when it comes time to it's 21 to 21 in the fourth quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals, by God, I want Javante Williams touching the ball every freaking time if I'm going to go to a running back. So for me, it's, it's the situational, not necessarily who gets more carries and who doesn't. I want him getting more carries when it counts. As long as that happens, I think you're headed the right direction. You're using him the right way. I, I I have a hard time getting upset about the Gordon Williams touches because both of them are playing so good. Mm -hmm. uh, both of them are playing like top 20, top 15 running backs right now. Uh, both of them are good in the pass protection game. Both can do outside the tackles, inside the tackles stuff. And uh, I think an important factor, you talk about the depreciating value. Well, uh, Williams is a car that's never been out of the state. You know, like he's he's always been in a, a split backfield. He was with Michael Carter last year. This year, you think that in an 18 game season with all the carries that he would be looking as good as he did right now, as he does right now, if Gordon wasn't there also toting the rock. No, um, you're talking about with Teddy Bridgewater right now. The injuries, the hits are starting to add up. That'd probably be the case for Williams as well with how he runs. Now you have two running backs that you can keep more healthy, more effective in a uh, per touch basis when they're that good with each other. It's great. And that's the identity of this team too. I mean, imagine if... So right now this team is obviously leaning into the two running backs because that's what they're doing best. And that's also what the offensive line does best. I don't think we talk about that enough as well, how much better they are in the run game than the pass game right now. But um, let's say you only had Gordon and uh, then what, Damari Crockett was out there yesterday for a play or something. I saw him on the sideline. Um, one of these guys goes down because it's a running back position, right? Knock on wood. It hasn't really been the case this season, but um, one of these guys goes down. Well, there goes your whole identity. Because you have two of these guys, you kind of built in a little fail safe to get you by for a little bit where the running game can still be your identity with uh, with one of these guys injured for a bit or not as healthy for a series or a game, et cetera, et cetera. Just like we saw versus the Chiefs where Williams got a big lion's share of the touches. Um, so I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing at all. This is what we call a good problem. Oh, we have two running backs who are deserving of the football. Oh, boo hoo. Um, we should definitely use both and be appreciative of both while we have it. Yeah, I've, I think the split has been handled really well. And against the Detroit Lions, getting Melvin Gordon more touches makes sense to me. It just yeah. it just does. That's um, it, not an indication of what's going to happen in the future. Um, again, you mentioned, you know, if one of those guys goes down, if one of those guys goes down, if Melvin Gordon goes down and you get Javante Williams the ball 30 times a game, that's good, but not for an extended period of time. You know, I don't want him getting 30 touches and 200 yards of offense. Uh every game and then you're going to get him for two years and he's going to be, you're going to burn him out. Um, he's going to be worn out. So I, I think the the split with the running backs has been handled very, very well this year. Yeah. I mean, you look at either of these running back stats and you're like, why doesn't that guy get the ball more? Well, it's because the other guy's equally good. Um, so now, uh, both Nick, of them sorry to interrupt, but that was the problem I had earlier. We, we specifically hit this during the trading deadline was one's getting 12 carries and one's getting 10. No, that's the problem I had. You know, I want 40 touches between them, split them up. So, um, you know, when we talked about the trade, I said, absolutely, I trade Melvin Gordon because I can get a guy, anybody to get carry it eight times. Who cares? You're not using either one of them. Why do you need both? Now you're using both of them. And yeah. uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a definitely a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And we got Miguel coming in and saying, I want the two backfield set. Look at Cleveland for the blueprint. Um, the two backfield set is only as good as your offensive line still. Um, I'm obviously we're really giving these running backs their flowers right now. Cause they've been playing good football this season. Um, but if you want to use that two running back set, the Broncos probably still want to uh, further invest in that offensive line as a philosophy um, because they are, 
they're okay on the offensive line right now. They're much better in the run game than the pass protection, like we've said, but that right tackle spot, maybe another interior offensive line or uh, lineman to push them. And Quinn Miners improving in uh, pass protection and Lloyd Cushenberry. Both of those guys have been uh, up and down in pass pro uh, this season. And Dalton Reisner, honestly, the entire interior has been up and down there. But I would uh, be surprised be going back to Mike Boone at how much he's getting paid. Yeah. You know, you've got some money tied up in the running back positions because you don't have any tied up in your quarterback position. You can spend yeah. in other areas. Um, but he's only got an eight, he's got a, you know, a 2.6 million cap hit this year. That's pretty high for a, for a second string running back, let alone a third, uh, and then an 800,000 cap hit next year. So, um, you know, will he, can he step up to the plate where you're getting him 15 touches a game next year? Maybe, maybe we'll see. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. We had a lot of fun today on this Victory Monday. Shout out to the running backs, the offensive line, Draymond Jones, uh, the defensive backfield in general. Good game outside the second quarter. And uh, all the coaches and all you guys. I mean, DT would have been proud, I think, of this team the way they played yesterday. And uh, just let this be a reminder again to make sure that you are appreciating people and cheering for people in their moment and having a... uh, idea that you know while it's football and we can criticize these guys for being football players because that's the position they're in they're still people and uh you don't want to take the humanity out of the game i think that's one of my uh my big takeaways um with the dt passing you know just to be kind like he chose kindness and appreciate people for what they are while they're here because i feel like dt did not get that as much as he deserved for how great he was in denver and how good of a person he was in denver um while he was playing so uh I don't know, Scott, any, any final thoughts on this Lions game no, or anything? My, my final thought is I like how Nick always ends a show with choose kindness. You know, we don't, I guarantee you if Nick and I got beyond just football, we see eye to eye on a lot of football things. We disagree on a lot of stuff and that's okay. That's okay. I, 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 I like Nick and I think he's open-minded and willing to have discussions and it doesn't cost anything to be kind. Um, so, you know, choose, choose kindness, I think is a, is a wonderful message and uh, follow that lead that Demarius Thomas uh, is now much more famous for, unfortunately. Yeah. Choose kindness and also choose compassion. I think those are two big things that, uh, we've gotten, gotten away from, but you know, we have the ability to make that choice every single day to be that kind of person. So I think that's, well, we can strive for that. And you know, if that's, if you need DT's passing for that kind of reminder, then, you know, just like this team, maybe is using that as a rallying cry, take it where you can get it. Um, it's a tragedy, but, uh, you can, be, use it as a positive thing going forward for not only in you know the world, but your life. So I think that's an important thing. Uh, guys, going to have to do it for today on the uh, Broncos for Breakfast show. I got to get in on to work, so we appreciate you guys. Follow Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. And also make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Nick Kendall, MHH. Uh, while you're over on Twitter, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining our community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. YouTube folks, make sure if you're not already subscribed, like, and share to the Mile High Huddle channel. We're live five days a week, uh, mornings and evenings, a lot of times as well, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we're at you live for Broncos for breakfast. Every single evening we have a live show as well. So make sure you subscribe, like, and share to uh, get that brand out there and uh, know that way, that way when we go live, you're not going to miss it and you can join in on the community and the discussion. Make sure also you're following uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy for Scott's channel. Scott's going to have to hold down the fort himself this Wednesday because I will be a uh, mile high in the air um, heading back to Iowa, but uh, get a chance to talk another uh, good Falcons win this week. Um, Falcons with a crazy, I think I saw their point differentials like 104 or something. And they're, <laughs> they're right there. It's, it's crazy. Isn't crazy it? team. <laughs> crazy. I mean, what's crazier than that is they're six and two uh, away from home. Yeah. Yeah. Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Uh, it's not great. Um, but uh, yeah, th- thank you guys so much. I'm also another one here for uh, Mark Lindemo. Choose empathy. That's another one. Compassion, kindness, and empathy. You guys, uh, we love y'all. Stay safe. Go Broncos, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.